0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Off the podcast. I'm your host, Gregory, and once again, uh two weeks in a row, I'm joined by uh, my fellow co host uh Rem. Would you like to say uh would like to say hi Rem? Hello everyone. All right, uh and uh, I know the last episode I kind of uh lost a part of, of the ending that would uh that would uh, would be a nice preview for For this episode but uh that is fine um because uh thankfully we both remember uh, what we were talking about previously so today we're gonna start into a little bit of a dive into the uh topic of guns uh, gun safety gun ownership second amendment things like that um would you like me to start around go ahead okay so uh obviously uh, the audience doesn't know what, what we talked about last week about guns because that clip is in the void now. Uh, but pretty much, um, I, w- I wouldn't say it's to the level of the pro-life, pro-choice thing that we had, but it's still a slight um, difference in uh, stands. For example, I am more uh, like for me, I would say second amendment. Second, second amendment is. Uh, something important but uh, you know I think not every single gun should be banned as I said last week but I do think that there should be a ban on and in terms of uh, of guns like what weapons of war like uh, assault rifles or uh, like machine guns Uh, I think you said something was it was the term that you
1: used to describe those guns oh let's see what was the term I used Basically, I I agree that c- we shouldn't have civilian ownership of anything that can kill indiscriminately. There we go. Kill. If the idea is that guns primarily are for self defense, then obviously something that kills indiscriminately is overboard. It's not going to be any more effective for self defense, um, but it will be more likely to you know harm innocent people.
0: Correct. Yes, and that is where we once again uh, strongly agree on. Um, uh, like for me, I think like having a rifle, having a shotgun, and a pistol is fine. But I don't think people should have like I uh, mentioned earlier, uh, w- like weapons like assault rifles that so you can just hold the trigger and it just sprays, you know, um, or anything or, or anything like higher than. Like a pistol or a shotgun, like maybe some advanced guns is okay, but uh, I would say anything that could be considered a weapon of war should not be uh, allowed for civilians to use. And one of the points um, that we talked about, uh, or that I, I mentioned, was that um, you know, like I heard, uh, I heard someone say that uh, you know. Um, it's it's good to have like weapons of war because uh, in case the military goes in and um, and uh, for some reason like there there's a, a we have a, we get a like a like uh, like a tyrant in charge right and uh, the government uh, starts to oppress the people and or try to attack us and the person said that it would be more effective if civilians were allowed to have those types of guns. But as I, you know, after he said that, I I don't think I necessarily said that. uh, Said this, but what I was thinking after was that if the military wanted to go after us, I don't think we would stand much of a chance. Like I don't think a machine gun against a tank would be like um, the most effective way. And you can say, oh, we can have explosives and stuff, and I'll say, well, explosives are, are. such an easy thing to use, like grenades, you you just pull the pen and you know, in most cases and that's even more dangerous in terms of uh, indiscriminately killing people. Someone can just like get a grenade, pull the pen out and then throw it at like a window or something. Um, that just leaves uh, us more open to more um, you know, more things like school shootings and innocent people dying for no good reason and yeah like my point is if the military wanted to like defeat us they could physically in terms of power like that's the that's kind of like what the cost of having a military is that they have weapons that uh civilians shouldn't have but also the weapons they are very powerful and dangerous as well um But once again, that is just the cost of having a military, which I think for most of the time, in most places even outside of Earth, if there are other civilizations, having a military that can protect uh, against uh, intruders um, is incredibly important for the survival of any species, really.
1: Yeah, so again, in agreement here. I mean, if you want to say... So ostensibly, the original idea behind the Second Amendment was that we can uh, defend ourselves from uh, military. But weaponry has advanced so far since then that the only way that would really be feasible is if you go, uh, if you go all the way. So you know, civilians can have tanks. Civilians can have you know, uh, chemical weapons. Civilians can have nuclear bombs that would be the only feasible way we could actually protect ourselves from the military. If as Gregory said, they, you know, we get a tyrant in charge or, you know, the way the U S government is designed several tyrants in charge, really. And, uh, they use the military against the citizenry. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to have a chance.
0: Yeah. And, (laughs) and that's just like blasphemy. Like, the military is like as uh, not the perfect thing that it can be sometimes it has people in charge that to oversee it to uh, to make sure things are regulated uh, the military is a specific group that is much more regulated than your average uh citizen i believe uh it's a more organized group as well uh obviously you know you kind of need that kind of uh stability when you when you have um When you have such a powerful group um, as a military in your uh, society. Um, And yeah, like the average citizen would not, like it's not um, under watch or under scrutiny or under uh, supervision as uh, what I hope the military is. So I think uh, giving people all these like weapons, as Rem said, that could kill indiscriminately would be. Uh, just terrible for everyone involved. I know some states, guns like that are really easy to uh, not really easy, but they're easier to get than what they should be. Period. Uh, especially because I believe that they even shouldn't be allowed to to have a- anything like that. And I strongly believe that if we ban those guns and make uh, we we make like a nationwide. Uh, background check and make things more stricter um you know if people want to have like stronger shotguns or stronger rifles things like that i think uh there should be a uh you know something like obviously it's not going to be perfect regardless but like if you have been uh convicted of uh you know like a certain felony like assault and battery or something like that like at least for the sake of the argument i'm going to say at least two times i don't think that you know that kind of a person should be and uh, should be in possession of any weapon or of any sort. Honestly, um, once again, some people may strongly disagree with that, but I think that's that just makes sense. Like, if someone is like not mentally stable, I don't think they should be in charge of something that needs uh, an owner that is mentally stable. And you know, because if if you if you're not mentally stable and you have a weapon like that. Like as soon as your as soon as your mental health uh you know tips over, uh, things can go south really really quick.
1: So here's where we disagree a little bit. Obviously, I do think that we shouldn't allow people who are like mentally unstable to own guns, but uh, I don't necessarily think we should restrict anyone from owning a gun if they've just been convicted of assault and battery or, or even something like domestic abuse, which sounds terrible. Obviously, my first instinct there would be that this person shouldn't own a gun, but someone who has been a domestic abuser or has uh, committed assault in the past, first of all, that doesn't mean they're still the same person. And second of all, um, they might be in, an abusive relationship where there's abuse on both sides and maybe the the other person has an illegal gun preventing that person from owning a gun m- could very well be sentencing them to death and same thing with someone with a history of assault maybe they were in a gang um and there would be people out to get them and again they they would really need s- to be able to defend themselves and preventing that person from owning a gun is essentially sentencing them to death
0: okay i I think that is fair um i I think that is a fair point like obviously like nothing is going to be perfect uh like we agreed to last week but i will say that like of course um i probably should have been more specific like nothing like i don't think it should be like um Oh, someone's just charged that they should not be able to own a gun. I feel like if they're charged, then there's not like a, any evidence suggesting that anyone forced them to do it or that it was like uh, in terms of like self-defense, things like that. So it'd be like a really specific thing, like, like uh, what if they, like in the past year, they've committed or they've been charged uh, six times with uh, domestic violence um like there's not like there and there's never like a scratch on them anything like that it's just like a one-sided just beat down do you think that person should at least get like at least like a couple years banned from having weapons not like for their entire lives because i do agree people can change for the better not always but it is a possibility um but do you think they should at least or there should be at least a like uh um like a ban in place in terms of like uh, like a temporary ban, like two years, three years, something like
1: that. Do you think that would be better? My instinct would be probably. Um, so two two things again, they may very well be. Uh, this person may very well be an awful person, um, but and un- unless they pose uh, an immediate danger to others' lives, again in the situations I mentioned. Uh, preventing them from owning a gun could very well be sentencing them to death. And the other thing is, uh, even if they've been you know, accused of domestic violence six times in the past two years or whatever you said, sometimes th- there are just false accusations. So right. there may not be a scratch on them. But for instance, um, an uncle of mine, yeah, he has a bad habit of falling in love with crazy women, but uh he's a very very kind person. He wouldn't lay a finger on anyone, but an ex of his uh plenty of times had accused him of domestic violence. So again, my my instinct in the the scenario you gave would be probably, but I think I think this is the sort of thing that would have to be determined um, in an individual court case for each, for oh, each yeah. questionable individual.
0: Right, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like I also agree that, that everyone has a different uh, situations. Like, people can falsely accuse others of, of assault and rape and, and things like that. Um, though, uh, uh, to clarify uh, my point earlier, I, I was kind of meaning more like, not only, like, not accused, but, like, accused. And there was, like, a an investigation and, and it was found that that that's actually like uh, what happens with something a bit more stricter. And yeah, or even like uh, in terms of if you want to bring the case to court, um, like if the person was uh, found guilty like multiple times of a specific, uh, like, vi- like uh, at least moderate violent crime, uh, they should go to a federal judge. And a possibility for a punishment would be certain like a certain amount of time without being uh, allowed to own a gun do you think that would be
1: yeah that i could that i could get behind like, like i said okay. I, I think it because each case can have so many different nuances it has to be something that's d- determined in an individual court case all i was saying is i don't think we can we i don't think we should be passing any laws that say that, say that, you know anyone who's done this or anyone who's been accused of this okay yeah i agree
0: i agree uh so, so like it has to be more specific and not broad right
1: yeah that's what okay, I okay. Saying. okay. no
0: I, I i could definitely support that uh bill if, if it ever would uh would come to be um i i think uh I think that's pretty much it we don't disagree as much as we do on the pro-life pro-choice thing i'm curious to see what we disagree on that would be to that level um that is equal importance because you believe in climate change as well
1: right of course at this point anyone who doesn't believe in climate change is a bit uh, a bit nutty in my in my humble opinion no i mean <laughs> hey
0: if you're being honest you're being honest um but yeah like that's that's one of my other big things um like people don't believe that humans are affecting the environment at all some people don't S- still somehow um and i'm not saying it's like a hundred, like i 100% believe it like i always leave room for a possibility that we could all be wrong but you got to believe in something so i when i truly believe in something it's always like 99.9999. um so like like i would die for this cause but i i wouldn't become like a like a I wouldn't join a cult, you know, for the climate change. You know, like uh, that would be like you 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 just be you just closing your mind to the possibility of something else. But but you cannot always live in like oh there's a there's a point zero zero one possibility that that could be that we could all be wrong. So I'm just not going to try to enjoy or, or live my
1: life at all. Like, yeah, no. That's that's, that's of, an extreme. Of course, I agree. We should have strong convictions, but we should also always have the humility to accept we could be wrong. Yeah. or e- e-
0: Even if it's near impossible, it, it could still happen. You know, like a near impossible thing could happen in the next second, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, I, like, I, I think that's my other big thing. Uh, but would you, uh, would you say, Rem, that, or would you agree that guns in this country are an issue right now?
1: That's kind of a, tr- uh, sounds kind of like a trap question. Um, depends on what you mean by an issue. Like, do you think that, like, in terms of, like, ownership, like, you
0: think there,
1: um, there are
0: people out there that have guns legally that they shouldn't probably own, like, uh, with the amount of school shootings that the US has compared to the rest of the world that has stricter gun policies do you think uh do you think that um do you think that there there are things that should be done right now to that would uh help uh so- like it, that would help uh this country in terms of uh, uh school shootings and, and and things like that
1: if you're asking do I think there are people who legally own guns in this country who probably shouldn't then absolutely I agree. I think it's we obviously need uh better background checks and uh red red flag laws um agreed. I think it's it's kind of crazy to say that we don't just because like you mentioned school shootings have become so common of course the the other side of the coin i think is if more people owned guns then mass shooters wouldn't be able to kill as many people but i do accept that you know on the other side of the coin we can surely uh surely reduce the casualty rate just by preventing these you know crazy individuals from owning guns in the first place
0: yeah i think the people qualified to have guns should have guns even if they don't really like to use them it could come up in a self defense way like if they like you know like legal guns like or guns should be legal like a pistol shotgun uh things like that um like i think those who are good to have guns should have them and i think the ones that shouldn't have guns um or at least you know the the ones that shouldn't be carrying guns like that shouldn't shouldn't be carrying guns like that if not the ones that we the ones that we talked about earlier the more uh dangerous ones so we need laws to help the people who are qualified and to um and to stop the people who are not qualified pretty much for sure well, there we go okay <laughs> I think that uh that was much much shorter than our last uh conversation uh our last uh, little debate uh we're currently like 20 minutes in and we've come to a pretty good agreement on i think m- most of it <laughs> last time it was a it was like a 55 minute <laughs> of just me and you talking about pro-life and, and and pro-choice which which is absolutely fine it's just just funny how much longer that one took to even come to a uh, um a compromise in this one.
1: Yeah, well, like you said in the beginning, we clearly clearly had a lot more we disagreed upon in that that sense. Correct.
0: Correct. No, yeah, you're right. Um, But now let's talk about uh, something that is going to be coming up next year. Would you like to guess what it is, Ram? Elections? Elections, boy, yeah, (laughs) you got it. Um, Are you excited to... See Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, Donald Trump potentially debate, like talk smack oh to each other.
1: Oh my god, dude. that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Dude,
0: I I swear, dude, if if I'm awake, I'm I'm probably gonna watch it. I'm, I'm probably gonna get some like like popcorn with like tons <laughs> of like butter and shit, and and just watch that meltdown happen. I think it's gonna be a really entertaining election potentially next year. Uh, obviously, the re- Republicans have quote unquote strong candidates for their party, like Donald Trump and Santos. Yeah, uh, quote, quote unquote. Yes. Uh, please emphasize the quote unquote. <laughs> um, the Democrats, I say, don't really have any strong candidates, sadly. I don't oh, think there's any, anyone yeah. that could potentially, like, not that the Republicans are doing better, it's just that the Democrats are just not doing anything, it seems like. Um, and I feel like they should be at least. Trying to guess someone to, I don't, I don't know, like, get behind at least one person, you know?
1: Well, yeah, look how that worked last time. We Everyone reluctantly got behind Biden, a candidate that hardly anyone really liked. I'm telling you, Bernie, I would have voted for Bernie. I I, I could vote. I
0: think last election was the first one that I could vote. I didn't vote because the two, like, I obviously didn't want Trump to win,
1: but I didn't want to vote for Biden. I know? voted for Joe Jorgensen. Libertarian Party candidate,
0: yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, for you folks listening, uh, Rem is actually a. It's it, it, this is a really funny uh, duo podcast call out because I am an independent, so I'm technically neither, and Rem is a libertar- Libertarian.
1: I'm, I'm. I'm also an independent, but I tend to. I tend to lean libertarian. Uh, okay.
0: Okay. That is fair uh from the things that we talked we talked about it definitely seems like you're uh, you're definitely a part independent for sure um but yeah, i i don't think i probably would vote for like because i'm thinking like if i'm like i think the only candidate that i can see being uh, at least a decent potential or obvious uh runner would be um KOC
1: AOC. AOC,
0: thank you, AOC. Um, I think she wouldn't be awful, probably better than Biden, honestly. Uh, but I think, like, in my opinion, that the, the Republicans would use, like, not only the fact that elections usually go red and blue, red and blue, so re- Republicans have a really much, uh, have the advantage, I would say, next year. Uh, because one, like, a blue gets in the White House, fucks up. Then everyone doesn't want blue. Everyone wants red. Red fo- gets there, fucks up, and everyone wants blue. So I think Republicans are, have the upper hand, and they can just use the, fa- you know, like uh, other things that they usually say on, like, Fox News and stuff, like, oh, you know, you- you're going to trust a woman to do this and to do that. They say uh, that on Fox News? I think when Hillary Clinton was running back in 2014, I watched some clips that they were saying, like, uh, maybe not as much as I'm thinking, but they they, they definitely... Uh, like uh emphasize like uh uh that women uh have like hot flashes and that they shouldn't be presidents like i i like have you ever heard of, have you heard of jordan, jordan kepler no i haven't okay i, I have to send you a, a freaking link jordan kepler is a uh, um really he's, he's quite a he, he's quite a funny guy and he did th- these things where he went to these trump rallies and i'm guessing obviously he probably only included the really dumb people in the video instead of like the not so crazy dumb people, but the yeah. fact that there were enough dumb people to make as long as a video that um, that he did is quite impressive and scary. One of them was a Trump supporter, I believe back in 2014 and there was a woman that was like uh, I can probably I probably should remember to put links on the videos because I keep forgetting um but you know, I got to live and learn and I got to remind myself of that uh, and the links as well. Um, but yeah, she says something like, ah, oh, you know, a woman, uh, uh, president is a man job. Women shouldn't really be presidents because they have, you know, they get really emotional and they can, uh, and women, something about like women being like, something about women having a higher possibility of starting a war than men. <laughs> and then, and then Jordan was like, "Wasn't all wars caused by men?" <laughs> and then she said nothing. <laughs> that was probably still one of my favorite clips um, as of today. Like, if you think about it, I'm pretty sure at
1: least most wars have been started by men. Probably. Um, while we're while we're on that topic, though, you know whether uh, a woman could be president. While the Republican talking heads and. Some of the you know dumber Republicans might say that, uh, you know, president is a man's job or whatever. What I actually found, um, back in I guess it was uh, 2019, my my dad and I really liked the Democratic, uh, primary candidate Amy Klobuchar, so we were doing some, uh, volunteer work, uh, for her campaign. Yeah. One of the, one of the things we did, uh, you know, called up. Uh, random people on a list and ask them if they'd consider voting for her. What I found is that those those uh, Republicans said they, they would be willing to vote for a female candidate. It was actually Democrats who said basically they thought that uh, she wasn't a viable candidate because Republicans wouldn't vote for a woman. So I think there's there's a bit of a a disconnect there between the reality and the perceived reality.
0: Uh, sounds like uh, sounds like government to me, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I would uh, like I would definitely like do a bit of a like bigger research on her. But if if she turns out to be like the best option that we get, like not a good option, but the best option we get, I I would definitely be down to vote for her as well.
1: Yeah, well, uh, like I said, my my dad and I both really uh liked her back in twenty nineteen. My political views have shifted a little since then. I don't necessarily agree with her on so much anymore. Uh none, nonetheless I'd still consider her a more reasonable choice than, you know, half of the people will probably get.
0: Dude, I, like I said, I, I would have voted for, for freaking for Bernie Sanders like less selection. Like some of his um ideas of like cancel college debt and and things like that like completely i think are a bit too much i think it should be done more carefully um i mm-hmm. think it should be drastically incre- decreased uh like the college debt um but i don't think it should be zero um or at least th- that would be an idea that people here would get more behind with because uh, you know how some like some americans mostly I, I, i'm guessing republicans are about like things like healthcare for all you know oh texas you know but uh yeah like i, I would have voted for bernie Sanders if he had made the um like the or if he had been named like the democrat nominee i wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, i mean which is fine you know um but like uh out of the two that that we had in the end, I'm glad that, that the one that won won. But I'm pretty sure he won not because people
1: liked him, but because people didn't like the other guy. I think that's the oh, main yeah. reason why he won. Yeah, Biden's only Biden's only thing he campaigned on was I'm not Trump. And it was still a close race. I don't know how. I mean I guess because people didn't like
0: Biden, so they voted for Trump. Um yeah, but I ho- I hope this one we have better choices. We're probably not going to get any decent choices, but my god, I hope it's better than whatever we have because I mean, I'm pretty sure the Republican nom- nominees already pretty much determines it's either going to be Trump or going to be
1: uh, DeSantis and I think DeSantis might win. I like I said I would I would totally watch that debate. Jesus. Just I I don't like either of them, but DeSantis seems a lot Smarter, or at least he can sell himself as smarter than Trump. So I'd just like to see him smash Trump in a debate. Oh
0: yes, yes, Ron the sanctimonious.
1: <laughs> you know that uh,
0: that's what uh, Trump is one of Trump's um, nicknames for him, right? Oh, I didn't know that, Ron the sanctimonious. That's appropriate like, though. Say what? Say what everyone about Trump? His uh, his nickname <laughs> game is so fucking funny, dude. The, gla- the guy can be an entertaining clown sometimes. He reminds me of Andrew Tate. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Remember when I, I, I sent you a video so you could learn who Andrew Tate was?
1: I don't remember that specifically, but I do remember uh, last autumn when, like, I'd never heard of Andrew Tate, and suddenly he's the topic of every conversation. Oh, yeah. I so I, I I did some research on that myself, and ugh, <laughs> yeah, guy is uh not great, but
0: once again, he's an entertaining clown sometimes, dude.
1: Oh yeah, he's charismatic. That's why people love him. Same same thing with Trump. <laughs> yeah, uh, same thing with Bernie Sanders. Honestly, I'm guessing you heard that Trump got
0: indicted. I did hear that. Yes, and and that he and that uh, he's been. He's been reportedly uh, he, like he's already taken the plane to New York, and that he's going to. No, I think he already did. He went to he went to the judge or whatever, and he pleaded not guilty to all charges. So that should be fun because if you have a criminal charge, you cannot run for president, right, or something like that. I'm not sure. I think that's how it, I think. I I think
1: that's how it works. But like, uh, you know, once again, I could be wrong. It might be if it's a, a felony charge, because I can't. I can't imagine that you know someone who was arrested at eighteen for shoplifting is, you know, permanently barred from running for office. Yeah, yeah. I guess that would be a, a bit silly, but yeah, that
0: yeah, that does make sense. Um, what else? Uh, I I I kind of had something that I wanted to say. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so. There was, uh, I think, I think Lindsey Graham, someone said something about how people should, uh, I think he said he went on Fox News and asked the viewers who either pray for Trump or send like a little money to him. Oh God, as if Trump needs money. Uh, I mean, honestly, dude, he probably does. Like, you never know. Like, he may talk big, but like <laughs> he lied to Forbes before and, and got into like the top hundred like billionaire list or whatever. Uh, he could be like borderline, like on the verge of bankruptcy, but as long as he can sell his, you know, $100 n- NFTs to some people <laughs> that just for some reason really want that somewhere or anywhere inside their house,
1: dude's probably going to be not inside somewhere. their house in cyberspace where everyone can say NFTs are something else, man. <laughs> people people have, 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 have become like millionaires from just selling that. I know, it's bizarre. It's, it, it reminds me of, you know, stories of people will buy a blank canvas a blank white canvas they, they, for a million dollars just there's because there's a
0: museum for invisible paintings people pay money <laughs> to look at white walls Remy. me <laughs> oh my god people, people pay like money to just like like I, I think i saw this on facebook or instagram like people there's a museum for specifically invisible paintings that people will pay money to go watch or watch or see or whatever like what goes on inside someone's brain to like go inside and just pay like twenty dollars to stare to walk while staring at like a wall?
1: <laughs> that is totally out
0: there. Dude, land of land of opportunity, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> if there are people that would just do that making money is definitely out there, you know? Just gotta find a way to get to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, um Yeah, so I um I mean the only part of the election that I'm probably excited about is just watching the Ron DeSantis and Donald <laughs> Trump debate. Uh or if we don't get that, I would like to see Trump's mugshot this year. That <laughs> be fucking that would be tr- that would be trending everywhere. Oh yeah. Twitter, Instagram, that would be topic of conversation for weeks it would be like republican crying democrats like celebrating it would be a shit show <laughs> it would be a shit show though uh yeah that's about it do you have anything that you uh do you want to mention or talk about uh the election next year
1: yeah i, I one thing I, I really liked about last uh election in 2020 last presidential election was the, the number of uh democratic candidates who ran in the primary and their uh the, the diversity of viewpoints there so i i hope we get uh something like that again and honestly last election the the democratic debates were pretty entertaining uh, <laughs> they were pretty entertaining um as far as who i would vote for um it's not going to be Biden. It's not going to be Trump, and it's not going to be DeSantis. Honestly, at this point, the number of people I would vote for in either party are probably like, I you know, I either the Republicans or the Democrats are probably down to like three. <laughs> that's three more. That's like two more than me right now. So <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, uh, back to the Libertarian Party because at least they, at least they have
0: morals. <laughs> I mean, do you think they have more morals because they know that they can usually like say whatever they want without having to worry about um, being elected and then having to live up to those expectations? Like, do you think if oh, they oh. had more power, they would be different?
1: Oh, there's certainly an aspect if the libertarians don't take themselves seriously at all. <laughs> the the uh vermin supreme with the boot on his head and and all that (laughs) dude classic classic (laughs) i
0: i I do think having two parties is is a bit sad for a country as as big as america you have two sides that's that's like only having like one type of currency or like one type of uh uh physical currency like like imagine only having one dollar (laughs) bills yeah that or or sorry or Two types of currencies. You either get $1 bills or $100
1: bills.
0: (laughs) That'd be insane. That would be absolutely insane. But here we are.
1: And at this point, I think it's, you know, like 75% and growing is the number of Americans who say they would prefer a third party option. But it just doesn't happen because we have have a politics of fear is what we have. Of course. and, uh, And fear sells. Oh, yeah fear sells
0: fear 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 yeah fear uh, is is, uh, you know it it, it was quite evident when we had uh, when COVID uh, really hit uh, first and people were going to stores and like wrestling over toilet paper and shit for like no reason (laughs) it was going for like $20 on Amazon or some shit it was crazy it was crazy in 2020 we were fine we didn't have to kill anyone for for toilet paper that year. It was yeah, it was, it was nice and peaceful. Yeah, I
1: think we were talking about this last time too. I don't know if it was uh, on the book, but essentially, I, I feel like humans are inherently good, but the fact we're highly motivated by fear. So when fear comes into the qu- equation, people will do pretty stupid stuff. Like I don't know, keep electing bad candidates cuz well at least they're not as bad as the other guy.
0: Yeah, when your when your options are bad or worse, it's not really a good system.
1: Yeah, actually I want to bring up an interesting point there. Since we have the electoral college, I mean the idea of voting for the lesser of two evils is you're not going to uh spoil the vote so to speak, spoil the election but because of the electoral college system if you live in a you know a thoroughly blue state like Massachusetts or California or a thoroughly red state like i don't know Texas or Alabama or Florida or Florida at this point yeah then it really honestly your vote's not going to matter either way you can vote for you know take Massachusetts as the example yeah. you can you, you can vote for whoever the Democratic candidate's going to be. It doesn't matter because they're already going to win Massachusetts uh, electoral votes. You can vote for whoever the Republican candidate's going to be. It's not going to matter because they're already going to win. I mean, they're already not going to win any. So I figure the most meaningful thing you can do is vote third party and just make it a, a protest vote. At, at the very least, if enough people do that, maybe people will start to see third parties, you know, the libertarians, the greens, what have you, as more, more viable options.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like my mother was telling me, like, obviously like things happen where like, you know, some like a hundred votes could count. Um, but yeah, at but the same not, time, not like, in Massachusetts. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're saying, like in Massachusetts, Massachusetts usually goes blue anyway. So like it most feel. It's kind of pointless. And I think that might be why many people don't even vote is because they're probably like, well, I may, I mean, like I want to vote for, I don't know, Bernie Sanders, but I'm in Florida. So like, you know what I mean? Like, or, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. And their reasoning for that is certainly solid. If why, why go out of their way? Uh, however, like I said, I think the most meaningful thing you can do is just make it a protest vote, show people, Potentially, you know, if a couple thousand people uh, are thinking the same thing across the state, and we can get you know the libertarian or the green candidate to get I don't know eight or ten percent of the vote, we can show people that, uh, or at least get get people more in the mindset that that third parties might actually be uh, viable. Yeah,
0: because I'm thinking like the people that uh, out of all the people that can vote and don't. That makes a pretty good
1: percentage. Oh yeah, turnout. Turnout for presidential elections in this country, I think, usually falls between like fifty and sixty-five percent of uh, eligible voters. That leaves like
0: a really reasonable, like a really like even candidate winning gap. Or oh, yeah. potential for someone and a, another party to win. You know what? I may actually go I may do that. I may do a protest vote and just vote for a third party of, of my choosing. I, might I would
1: I would encourage it. I I, would encourage I'm just gonna
0: post it. the shit out of it on like Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and, uh, and Facebook because I think having a third party could make things much uh, much more open. Um like of course you have your like your uh, extreme of one side, extreme of the other, but that's still two sides, you know. And I think that
1: adding one more could really balance things out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It Doesn't even matter who it is. Just having more voices on the table uh, is going to be beneficial for this country. Right. No, yeah, right. I am
0: actually i I may definitely do that. So, yeah. Well, here's to uh, here's to 2024. Right.
1: <laughs> It's gonna be
0: a, a a fun show to watch. Oh yes, yes it is. Um, well, don't we? Don't elections start this year or the
1: next year? Um, is it, you is might it, see, that the primary election season usually starts in uh sometimes autumn or winter of the the year before. Okay, so it's gonna, the shit's
0: gonna get real this year already, yeah. Halloween is going to be a, a spooky season. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, he, he, here's to that. Here's to hopefully a better presidential election than last time, honestly. So now let's uh, go into a bit more of a darker uh, topic. Uh, the current war currently happening in Russia and Ukraine it's it's a mess it's been lasting it's for way too long it's it's weird I, i found it so weird that russia didn't immediately take over ukraine because of how big russia is and how big their military is compared to ukraine so either they really have a really bad military or this is just part of like a more elaborate elaborate plan
1: i think they just underestimated uh you know, we were just talking about fear cells, fear of losing basically your entire life, your country, your home, everything you've known, that's gonna motivate you to fight. <laughs> no,
0: that's true, that's true. If the options are either die or uh, like die or like, or or uh, like if you have no other options besides fighting and yeah. Uh, and there's the the potential of you losing your home, your family, uh, everything that that you can that you could even care about. Then I think uh, I think, like I said, I think that can really motivate people. Like, yeah.
1: Whereas the Russian soldiers aren't aren't very motivated at all. They're you know they're wondering why they've been drafted into a, a meaningless war. So I think I think motivation is a powerful factor there, and that's why even though. Russia's military is what, like ten times, a hundred times the size of Ukraine's. That's why Ukraine has held out for so long. Yeah, that is uh, quite impressive,
0: for sure. Uh, though something related to that war is China. China has been Ooh. getting a bit, uh, a bit sneaky recently they i think they went to south america they talked they uh they retied some ties with brazil they uh they retied some other ties with a different country and they're trying to i think i'm not sure exactly what country it was i think it was in south america but is that they're trying to do something where like you can exchange currency without having to use like because like i think dollar is the most pr- prominent uh currency or like, worldwide s- yeah i think yeah i think or, or something like that and I think China is trying to weaken it, weaken its value. Because if if uh, if, if people out there use it less, the, its value is going to drop um, mm-hmm. at, at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, China's getting a bit sneaky.
1: Yeah, and I I hadn't heard about the uh, what China's been doing in South America, but I have read about what they've been doing um, in the in the Middle East, kind of fostering peace deals, and again the same thing. Uh, Currency exchange, which uh, excludes the U.S. dollar, um, and of course, just the just the fostering peace part—what uh, the U.S. has tried and failed to do in the Middle East for years—that's uh, that's definitely indicates a big power shift.
0: Oh, okay, for sure, and I think that's also part of uh, like you know uh, North Korea, China's, and, and Russia's plans to to kind of not make us so america's like the wor- the number one like superpower in the world and when you have countries like that with really bad uh human rights uh laws it's really easy to change the tides more to your way because then you don't have to follow as strict of a uh, um as strict of uh laws and policies as america has um, oh yeah yeah so, so yeah, and 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 they're also doing some things in Africa too. They're uh, they're like uh, starting to build things in Africa, like paint, like giving like the presidents or whoever is in charge uh, of each uh, country there like money and building uh, infrastructure there, and mm-hmm. you know getting probably something in return like oil or some natural resources. But what do you think?
1: Um. Yeah. So I think obviously you know. Fostering peace, helping countries build infrastructure is obviously beneficial, but um, it increases China's influence, China's sway. And like you mentioned, I think it's th- the ultimate goal is to create a world where basically hu- human rights abuses uh, are more, more tolerated. Uh, I think that's the end goal. And Ru- Russia and North Korea don't really scare me. China definitely scares me a lot more. Russia's essentially a country in decline, and North Korea has shut themselves off from the world. They can't really grow, but what China's doing, for sure. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm kind of reading
0: some some headlines here that uh, China uh, held a, uh, I think it was today it says here, China held a military, some or some milita- military drills around Taiwan um apparently they sent about 71 warplanes uh as uh yeah as a military drill um do you think that there's a good chance that they may invade taiwan in the next like two years or so
1: um i'm no expert on the topic it certainly seems plausible certainly seems plausible yeah. I, mean, I think I think China's waiting to see what, what the what happens with Ukraine. I think uh I think they're using using Russia as the the Russia-Ukraine war as a guinea pig <laughs> testing the waters. Yes, I I definitely think uh and honestly, like
0: that would make, like in a way that would make sense to like uh seeing like like the war's been raging for a while now and nothing really i think extreme has been done to russia as it should uh, as it should have been uh what what i learned from that was where we we've been relying on or uh, yeah we and mostly europe has been relying on russia for oil and energy way more than they should have like uh like there were there was like a huge fear in europe of like cutting ties with uh, russian uh, um like oil and coal energy or just power in general because of how much they needed it and it's just sad Mm -hmm. that it came to that like it's just sad that that they they were not prepared for a country like russia like i would get if it was like a more friendly country but they were like they never expected russia to like go wild and then leading to them not, uh, not being able to uh rely on on them anymore because that would technically be helping the enemy uh it, i think it was just really silly and dumb to not have at least a plan b like more like uh like a, like i get that russia has a like is a, a bit, it's like big and has a, like a quite a bit of oil and stuff but i definitely think that like countries like france germany spain they could have been starting to like do more like renewable energy sources at least
1: france has been france has been relatively okay uh because of their like 70 75 percent of their grid is nuclear powered so but i'm taking it off the rails a little here but why why was europe so reliant on russian oil when when the russia ukraine war hit because they they haven't been doing what they should have been doing for the past several decades which is building as many nuclear power plants as possible
0: which is a bit hard like uh, we we had we talked about this before uh you know renewable energies and um I definitely think that nuclear could potentially be better especially I think people I'm not sure how true it was but they were I think they figured out or they were starting to figure out nuclear fusion they only figured I think they were only able to do it for like less than a second so it would take like a long time potentially for something
1: like that to happen I think that I think the most recent is a sustained net energy output for a, like 15 seconds which is clearly you know we're getting there slowly but surely but we're we're not there yet I think we need to focus on the energies we have and the other thing is that um even n- nuclear uh fusion requires I think it's uh Hydrogen three which um, in order to to get energy out of that in order to uh, do the nuclear fusion, which is actually in limited supply, but one thing that creates the hydrogen three and I think as a couple other a uh, couple other elements they need for the nuclear fusion is it is it's a byproduct of nuclear fission, so I think even if we figure out nuclear fusion we'll still need to kind of supplement it with nuclear fission
0: potentially i also think that if that uh if we or if people or if governments were able to um or if they invested more money in the uh nuclear side of, of things i don't you know like i th- i don't think there's not there's a lot of money being invested currently and and anything nuclear main. I think mainly due to the fear and once again, fear uh, coming up again to the fear of, you know, the past accidents that have happened, even though they were extreme. uh, You know, people can be like, we've seen multiple times people can really be extreme about things um, that they are uh, scared of. So I definitely think it's, it's, technically better potentially for the environment than even renewable energy such as like solar and wind but i think it's harder to sell for the people due to the um due to the amount of just fear that it has brought over the years with the very few but very uh widespread um nuclear incidents
1: Absolutely. I I think fear, uh, the association of nuclear power with accidents like Chernobyl and also with uh, nuclear weapons is probably the the number one reason why uh, countries haven't been, uh, especially countries in Europe like Germany, Poland, uh, what have you, haven't been building lots of nuclear power plants over the past few decades. But I think the the tide is shifting. I talked to I feel like a lot of younger people uh millennials and and gen Z are more more open to nuclear power on average, so I think we're seeing that uh shift and obviously in my opinion, it's a shift in shift in the right direction i think as as grim as it is to say the energy problems Europe has been having maybe just the just the uh wake up call for for countries that they should be building more more nuclear power and shouldn't be relying so much on uh in this case Russian gas, but also Germany and Poland have a lot of coal uh and stuff like that
0: no yeah and uh as you were uh as you were talking i I came across this article. Um, I think, when was this? This was April 7th. Oh, it was actually yesterday. There was apparently leaks from a Minnesota nuclear power plant that raised uh, safety concerns across uh, fears across the U.S. That was the headline. But then right underneath it, in bold, it uh, stated that the leaks were contained and posed no danger, well, official reports say, but past the disasters continue to cause fear, uh, fears of power source. And once again, I think that, these leaks could be avoided if there w- there was more money going into
1: the upkeep of. The oh yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah,
0: it, it's it, it's also not really helping. Uh, the fear when you have poor, potentially poor equipment, and obviously it's gonna fail sometimes, and that just that just uh, raises the fear of those who already have it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think we have uh, sufficient regulations on nuclear power in this country, but I don't think it would hurt to have even more regulations just because, you know, if fear is the biggest thing stopping us from building more nuclear power plants, then reducing that fear as much as possible is going to be a good thing. So even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't really make nuclear power in this country any safer than it already is, because it's already pretty damn safe. Uh, it's probably going to be a good thing if it makes people feel safer.
0: Okay. I, I agree, but now what would you say about, like if there was, wouldn't you say that having a nuclear plant would be more dangerous in terms of like a terrorist attack that managed to, like a terrorist that managed to infiltrate like the nuclear plant and then just like plants bombs and things like that? Like wouldn't that potentially pose a threat to that
1: place, wherever that nuclear plant is? So that's a good question. Um, the first thing I want to say is that nuclear power plants, in this country at least, are heavily guarded. And quite frankly, there would if you're a terrorist and you want to kill as many people as possible, there are easier ways to cause a lot more damage than by attacking a a nuclear power plant. Um, Number two, um, it's a a common myth that, well, I'm not sure it's a common myth, but as far as the association of nuclear power with nuclear bombs, it's actually the uh, material used in the nuclear power plant is different. The uranium only needs to be refined to about a 5% Uh, U two thirty five, which is the the fissile isotope of uranium, that's what they need to do the reactions. Um, Whereas, for use in a bomb, it needs to be refined to uh, I think eighty or ninety percent. So
0: it's much more. uh, Does that mean that it's much more condensed, or is it just like what is what does the percentage entail?
1: Um. Yeah. So natural uranium ore is mostly. U two thirty eight, I think, um, which is not the fissile isotope. You can't use it for reactions. Um, the The part of the ore you use for reactions is the U two thirty five, and that's for both for both uh, use in nuclear power plants and in nuclear bombs. But for use in a nuclear power plant, it only needs to be about five percent. U two thirty five, whereas for use in a bomb, it needs to be like ninety percent. And again, in in natural uranium ore, I think it's like oh point seven percent is how much of it is U two thirty five. So, uh, just for those who are not uh, as uh,
0: entailed in science as as you and you uh, as you and me uh, might be, an isotope is a just a different variant of a element. Yes. Uh, so pretty much. Um, like different types of hydrogen um nothing really is really coming to mind right now i don't think i remember many but like uh hydrogen is usually you no know, what is 2 on the periodic table
1: it's, it's, i think it's is it helium i think it might be helium
0: let's well, say helium helium is uh i think is yes yeah, it's number 2
1: it has i believe one proton and one no so the number no, on the pro- periodic table is the number of protons, protons and then the number after like we were talking about hydrogen 3 or u235 versus u238 that's, that's the electrons. number of total that's no that's the number of total um nucleons which includes both uh protons and neutrons so uh hydrogen is typically hydrogen 1 i think which is just one uh proton hydrogen 3 would be one proton and two neutrons So the the element, the number on the periodic table is um, the number of protons. And then when we're talking about isotopes, variants of the element, the number after the element is the number of total um, protons and neutrons combined.
0: I thought that was the atomic weight and then the number of electrons was what determined the uh, isotope because it would either make
1: it negative or positive. No, so that... That determines whether it's an ion or not. Ion. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I was confusing the two. Ion and isotopes. are I don't friend. blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Those. Are... I, the only reason I know is because I um I'm like super into nuclear energy, so no, no, as I you can that. probably tell, <laughs> as, I, as, like,
0: as I can probably as I can probably tell, and probably uh, everyone else can probably uh, listening can probably tell as well. Um. But uh. So it's just like a. So, so it's heavier, right? Like, like the more neutrons and protons you add to an atom, the heavier technically it is. Yes, because yes. Because the atomic mass or atomic weight is bigger because you have more. Yeah. of Those two. Okay. So when you said five percent, that means that you only that is it's a it's, uh, it's it's a much smaller density than to make like a uh, like an actual bomb, right? Like you need less of this type of uranium on a nuclear power plant compared to like a nuclear bomb.
1: Yes. So, so like I said, the uranium ore naturally contains, don't quote me on this, I think it's like 0.7% of it is the fissile isotope, uh, U-235. So it needs to be refined uh, for both use in a, a nuclear power plant or in a nuclear bomb. Um, you refine it to about 5%, you can use it in a nuclear power plant. You have to refine it to like ninety percent for use in a bomb, so i was i see so even if a terrorist were to attack a nuclear power plant it wouldn't it wouldn't explode like a nuclear bomb uh now would don't you think
0: that even though it may not cause like you were, like you said before that it it could cause like there are easier ways to cause more destruction, but wouldn't you say that uh That in terms of like longer lasting damage, a nuclear power plant could potentially do more. Like uh, when we look at like things like or places like Chernobyl that are still radioactive and not recommended for anyone to live in, wouldn't you say that a nuclear power plant, in terms of uh, like a long term thing, like Chernobyl, would potentially be more dangerous than uh, something like
1: I don't know, like blowing up a building or something. So in the case of uh, Chernobyl, it's certainly a uh, longer lasting. The difference is, or one of the differences is that the Chernobyl nuclear power plant that blew up, I forget if it was number three or number four that blew up, but it did not have uh, what's called a containment building, whereas all modern nuclear power plants, I believe globally, but especially in this country, they all have uh, containment buildings, so they're inherently safer in that way. And, uh, the containment buildings can withstand pretty much anything. They've done tests on these, which I think involved crashing a plane into them. And the containment building is fine. The plane's blown to smithereens. The containment building is fine. So if, if you're a terrorist and you want to, you know, cause lots of harm and you decide that you want to do it, uh... By attacking a nuclear power plant, basically what you'd need to do is take take some of the radioactive material outside of the containment building um, in order to cause any lasting damage so while it's theoretically possible again that a terrorist could do that uh, could attack a nuclear power plant and potentially you know cause harm uh you know, increase the cancer rate in the surrounding cities or whatever, it would be incredibly difficult and there would be easier ways to kill far more people. So it's technically feasible, but not likely.
0: But in terms of the damage that the radioactivity could cause, you still think that for someone like a terrorist, it would still be, uh, it would not be like the option that a terrorist would look for when they're trying to commit an act yes. of terrorism. Yes. Okay. okay. That makes sense. So you said that in Chernobyl they didn't have these containment uh like like uh Yeah,
1: the, the, the nuclear power plants at Chernobyl did not have a containment building around the the nuclear reactor itself.
0: So uh so what would you think would be the difference if they had a a uh, containment building around the, n- uh, the nuclear reactor
1: so if if the 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 nuclear power plant at chernobyl uh if it had a containment building i think the change would be the the only people who would be negatively affected by it would be the workers inside the nuclear power plant at the time so rather than I think the, the World Health Organization and the International Atomic Energy Association and f- estimate the total total death toll from Chernobyl due to increased cancers and stuff like that at uh, 4,000 people. Yeah, that would be more like four. So a a
0: containment building really makes like a big difference.
1: Yeah, it prevents, you know, if the reactor overheats and blows up, it prevents it from... Um, affecting it prevents it from affecting anything outside the containment building. Essentially, I see. I see.
0: No, I think that's uh, something that people should know more about. You know that. Oh, absolutely. People that 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 should know that the Chernobyl power plant wasn't exactly uh, the best in terms of structure, and also the 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 uh, the Japan one. Japan is a country that suffers heavily from earthquakes and. Um, tsunamis. So you're talking, you're, you're dealing with nature there. So I think, would you say that in a place like Japan, it would be a bit more dangerous to build things like nuclear power plants because of the constant earthquake and um, tsunamis in, in certain areas.
1: Um, so with Fukushima, um, it was a similar similar problem to what Chernobyl so they Fukushima the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant did have a containment building I can't remember the specifics but there was something besides the nuclear reactor itself which should have been inside the containment building but was outside the containment building um but I uh again Fukushima uh the Fukushima disaster was significantly smaller than Chernobyl that I mean, it's hard to estimate how how many people may have been impacted by radiation, but the the estimates for the Fukushima death toll are anywhere from like zero to seventy. So that's obviously a lot a lot less than four thousand. And of course, oh, yeah. it's it's awful that humanity needs a disaster to learn our or learn our lessons. Sometimes, but I think in the case of nuclear power, we have learned our lessons and i don't think I don't think we'll ever see uh another person die as a result of uh, a nuclear accident related to to nuclear power If the
0: structure and the restrictions and the personnel uh are done, built and just like it as long as everything is done well like mm-hmm. the structure's done well, the uh, uh, the containment building is on the right place, the mm-hmm. power plant is in the correct place, the personnel know what they're doing mm-hmm. and how to do it, which obviously should be, well, probably is the case, or definitely is the case for multiple things like around the globe, you know? Um, okay, no. Uh, so I, I would definitely be uh, open to voting for something that would, Uh, further enhance enhance, or uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? That would further subsidize? That would further damn, I'm really blanking out on this one word. Uh, Boost. uh, I'm just going to go with boost. I would boost the speed of uh, nuclear power usage in this country and potentially around the world as well. One day I know we're running a bit thin on time here. Um, But one day, speaking of uh, power sources, one thing I'm kind of hoping that would be really cool for us to use that has been done, uh, I think I've been told that's been done on a TV show and movies, uh, Star Trek, is the antimatter um, concept of using (laughs) that as as an energy source. It's even more, It's like if people think the nuclear power is dangerous, antimatter is like world-destroying thing. Like if, or uh, matter, <laughs> as a uh, anti is a as a world world destroying substance because as uh, as soon as it comes into contact with matter, it blows up, and many people, m- many scientists even estimate or they have uh, what do you say they have hypothesized that it was the combination of matter and antimatter that that's, that that uh st- that started the the big bang and i mean right now having 1 gram of antimatter i think is like a couple trillion dollars <laughs> uh overall in value we've not been able to make anywhere near that but just so you folks know antimatter is such a powerful force that when when uh let's say you have like a tablespoon i think of antimatter even like if you could somehow get that much but it would definitely blow up if you touched it with, with a teaspoon or tablespoon because we are all technically made of matter. Uh, if you could hold it into like a, I think it's a magnetic field that they are theorizing that we could hold it because it's not touching matter, potentially, and you dropped it on like a, on like a cup of a, like a cup of coffee in New York, it would level the whole city apparently.
1: Wait, and you think we should be using this as a power source? I mean, listen, uh, I'm
0: not saying that like right now, obviously, but I, because like... uh, (laughs) If we understand it. If we understand it, and in theory, yes, it could destroy humanity, but it could also be what we need to like explore planets, Uh, or not even that, like, uh, like obviously, even if we go at the speed of light, in theory, it would take us beyond lifetimes to get to certain places. So obviously, in terms of traveling, uh, warm holes is the obvious answer here, but that's just way more complicated, probably, and w- way more dangerous in terms of uh, making sure that w- uh, something gets some uh, at the right place at the right time and not, you know, distorted. But I think it's the next step of uh, in terms of uh, power usage. I think nuclear fusion and fission are good because, especially fusion, because it. <laughs> That's what happens in the sun, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. So I definitely think that is uh, is a very good next step for us after, or even a little bit combined with solar and wind, if done better. Um, though antimatter is like I think uh I was I was looking at a picture, uh years ago, and it was the the it was comparing a rocket using hydrogen as a fuel and a rocket using antimatter as fuel and it was it was kind of like, "Um, it had some information about how long it would travel or how fast it would travel and how long it could travel during certain uh, like a sad time. I'm um, to see if I can find it here So... yeah, so." <laughs> Uh, I mean this is not exactly it but this is really interesting Uh, it's uh, it's a picture here with uh, the efficiency of propulsion methods Um, nuclear fusion and fission are 40% um, so I guess that would probably not be great for uh, using it in like a rocket or something Uh, ion drive ion drive is at 65% I think solar sail it's at 90, I think, and antimatter and matter. Which is obviously you use matter and you make it contact or touch matter, and it, it creates explosion energy, and that's how you get your fuel. That's 100% um, of the energy. So like nothing is lost. Like whatever you put into it is exactly what you're getting out of it. Uh, if you put the amount of matter and antimatter, um, like if you put the right the right amount of both and I can ask to find it now for
1: some reason. The one that I'm looking for. Damn, that does suck.
0: So, anti uh, so uh, yeah, antimatter converts all, all of its mass to energy, the ultimate rocket fuel. Right now, the cost the estimated cost for I'm guessing that as a as fuel is 60 quadrillion <laughs> dollars per kilogram. And it's funny because it says here, plus tax. Uh, <laughs> and, and and honestly, that's just ridiculous. And once again, we, we've we not been able to make even one gram, allegedly, of, of antimatter. Uh, there are many mysteries around it, like why we cannot see it anywhere in the visible universe. Uh, or maybe there's a whole universe made of antimatter that we don't know about. Um, but yeah antimatter uh, is just fascinating to me. I did a whole project on it on um, English class, uh, and yeah, I just think just the aspect of antimatter is really cool. What do you think, Ram?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, it seems like the technology is probably a few centuries out, whereas for for nuclear fusion, it's maybe a few decades, and nuclear fission is already there. But like like you said for interstellar travel maybe that's what we need yeah potentially and n- not even that it's
0: like even if we get to like light speed it was still like one could not make a trip in in, in their lifetime so like it's obviously like like i said warm hose is definitely the way to go like the easiest way between the farthest point of like a piece of paper is if you just fold the paper you know in half and make yeah the, like, that's a metaphor i've seen before yeah i, I think that's the most like popular one um but okay so here we have i i finally found it uh and i might actually post this somewhere if i can so with chemical propulsion methods to get to mars it would take months with antimatter it would take weeks and this is how all hypothetical but um it's uh definitely makes sense and i think that this is not maybe 100% accurate but this is pretty damn close w- with chemical um fuel it would take uh years to get to pluto with antimatter it would take months to get to alpha centauri which is i think the closest uh, alleged or theorized um
1: livable planet
0: livable planets or just i think it's as a combination there's like apparently there's two suns and a potential living uh, uh, habitable planet um but um uh but yeah it, uh for that it would take f- like thousands of years but with antimatter it would take uh it, it would take only about 40 years or so but uh yeah and uh i think we've we've run through quite a, a few uh interesting <laughs> topics here from antimatter fuel to politics to uh a bit of gun safety and uh i guess even nuclear energy and it was it, 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 it was a it was a whole ride Remy, i'll say it was it was a whole ride um and i i honestly once again i i thoroughly enjoyed it thank you very much for joining me again uh second week in a row i hope you enjoyed it uh as much as i did and i hope the uh i hope the audience also I also enjoyed it as much as we did as well of course <laughs> Well, this has been uh, episode 11 of the After Rose podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your patience and your time. This has been your host, Gregory. And once again, with great pleasure, my co-host, Rem. Do you have any parting words for our audience, Rem? Not that I can think of. Anything motivational that, that you would like <laughs> to say?
1: Oh, you put, put, put me in the spot Absolutely,
0: here. boy. Let's go.
1: All right, my uh, motivation of the day: the key to happiness is focus on the things you can change.
0: Okay, well, well there we go. This is uh, <laughs> that 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 was pretty good, Ram. Right? <laughs> putting putting people on the spot sometimes tests your ability to come up with things on the spot. Just don't do that. Don't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but once again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on anything else, please uh, rate it. Anything you think that, uh, like any honest thoughts or opinions that you have about this podcast, please just leave it. Um, if you have any comments, uh, anything that you'd like to tell us, any questions, please do ask. We, we will even try to answer them uh, potentially on the next uh, episodes after the question is posted. Um, and yeah, I think that is pretty much it. Thank you for listening. This has been Off The Roast Podcast, episode 11. Your host, Gregory, as always, and your co-host, Rem. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you.